0: I mean, no one of them act because they hate someone or just want to fight with you. There is some reasons it's out of our responsibility or possibility. Mm -hmm. So once parents understand it, it's much more easy for them to get the kids to love them and to give them a warm hug and to just say, I understand something. You think different. You feel different. But you should know I'm with you. I'm with you and I love you, whatever you're going to do. And those acceptance
1: raise the self-image. I'm Scott Kahn, and this is The Orthodox Conundrum. This is The Orthodox Conundrum on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. I'm Scott Kahn. One of the most painful and difficult challenges for religious Jews is when a child leaves orthodoxy, or in the colloquial phrase, goes off the derech. This event can elicit many different emotional reactions, from anger to guilt, to sadness to feelings of rejection, to fears about their other children, or to fears of what the neighbors will say, and much more. Rabbi Menachem Bombach of Betar Elite in Israel and the director of the Netzach Haredi Educational Network has done a tremendous service by publicly discussing his own experience of parenting a child who is no longer part of the Orthodox community. He wrote a blog post in the Times of Israel entitled, Thou Shalt Love Your Child Who Leaves Religion. It's subtitled, Just as God accepts us regardless of our weaknesses, so must we ultra-Orthodox accept our children when they choose a different way of life for themselves. His experience is far from atypical. He joked with me during the podcast that if secular Jews want to reduce the number of religious Jews, they should convince someone to become a Baal Tshuva. That way, when he has ten kids, nine of them will likely leave orthodoxy altogether. I had the honor of speaking with Rabbi Bombach about his own experience and what he advises to the many other parents who find themselves in the same situation. First, let me remind you to please subscribe to The Orthodox Conundrum on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please like The Orthodox Conundrum podcast on Facebook and join and participate in The Orthodox Conundrum discussion group on Facebook. Also, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Orthodox Conundrum. Just search for The Orthodox Conundrum, give it between zero and five stars, and write a sentence or two. I'd also like to ask you to become a Jewish Coffeehouse patron on Patreon. Just click on the link in the description of this podcast and you can get bonus episodes, Jewish House merch, and more. You'll get special episodes on all sorts of topics that are available only to subscribers. You'll also be helping Jewish Coffeehouse spread our message of a welcoming, intellectually engaged, halakhically committed, and honest orthodoxy. So make sure you sign up to Patreon right away. It's just a few bucks a month and you can cancel at any time. We're looking forward to your joining our team on Jewish Coffeehouse. Finally, do you have a message that needs to get out? Do you want to reach hundreds or even thousands of listeners? Do you want to promote your business, your organization, or your cause? The best way is by producing a podcast, and Jewish Coffeehouse can help you start. I have experience producing hundreds of podcasts, both for myself and for satisfied clients. Whether you want to learn everything you need in a single day or record, relax, and let us do the heavy lifting, Jewish Coffeehouse Productions will work for you to make it happen and make it even better than you imagined. Let us help you today. Write to me at scott at jewishcoffeehouse.com or go to jewishcoffeehouse.com, click on Productions, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and sign up for a free 30-minute consultation. Make your voice heard, promote your cause, sell your product, and engage an audience now. Rabbi Menachem Bombach is a community leader and educational entrepreneur in the Haredi community. He heads the Netzach Haredi Educational Network, which he founded, and which combines religious and secular studies, and aims to educate students to become observant, Torah-loving Jews who are also prepared for practical life. He also heads the Hasidic Girls Seminary, affiliated with the network. Rabbi Bombach has served as principal of the award-winning Litzion Berina High School. He founded the preparatory program for Haredi students at the Hebrew University and directed the youth department of the Betar elite local authority. He studied at the Vishnitz Abba Yisrael Yeshiva and at the Mir Yeshiva. He holds a bachelor's degree in education from Oresh Yaakov College and also a master's degree in public policy from Hebrew University. He lectures in Israel and abroad on education and society. Rabbi Menachem Bombach, thank you very much for joining me today on the Orthodox Conundrum Podcast. Hi. The very important blog post which you published in the Times of Israel last week really touched me and it touched a lot of people. I've heard a lot of discussion about it. Would you mind telling me and our listeners, your story the story of your daughter?
0: First of all, thank you so much, Scott, for this great opportunity to speak to you. Uh, I recently heard about your podcast. So uh, you're doing a great, very great job. It's kind of you to say. I can share with you that, you know, my story. I grew up in Mea Sharim. Mea is quite a famous place. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And I remember how uh, I understood the world in just one dimension. It was impossible to understand. There is more than one way to understand things. And as you know, the Chabad community we are usually uh, understand things about ta'otame asur, mutar. It's about very dichotomic understand. If you want to understand something, that's the Usual way how to explain people and how to make people feel safe, how they understand. How you can explain them things. It's about shachov velavan.
1: Right, everything is black and white.
0: So why I, I'm just starting with it with this because um, I think when I was young, it always it was always happened. Sometimes kids are off the derech, dropping out from the community. It's not a new phenomenon. But yes, the last, I think the last 10, 15 years, it becomes, the numbers is really, really high. And we realize that the second generation of Balay Tshuva, the, the numbers up there is raising and, and, and it's unbelievable. I, I used to say that if you have a, a secular friends, it, you know, if you are bothered about, it, about uh, the demographic issues, about Haredi, there's too much. So I won't say just for a joke that if you have a, a, a secular friend uh, that uh, got married, just convince them to become baleichuva. Why? Because they, if once they were be tshuva, they will they will bring ten kids and nine of them will become secular. Oh, God. <laughs> so this is, this, is, this is the way if you want to resolve your uh, uh, demographic issues. But yes, okay. there is so many, there are so much numbers of Haredi. And I think this every second um, I have now kids that are dropping out or just hesitating or just trying to understand and asking questions about their identity. I uh, have uh, a daughter. She's 19 years old. And she, since when she's sixteen, we understood that uh, she 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 is gonna choose choose ear path. And as you know, uh, the Hawaii community is very very judgmental, and people feel uncomfortable. And there is some rumors, you know, outside the community. Kids who are uh, in those ages uh, sometimes are uh, so much focus about themselves. They have no space to think about the interest of others or even for the parents, mm-hmm. because it's uh, it's 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 very nature uh, that they want to find their own way, and no one said that kids need to follow the parents. We want we want mainly because we believe that our path is the right way to serve God, and uh, this is not a simple issue. It's complicated, and sometimes people are feel also guilty. And I want to say something before, because before we treat our kids, we need to to treat ourselves. What do you mean? You know, I mean, uh, when you know, when you're in a flight and Chaz Shalom, something happens, they always said you should know that oxygen is going down. First of the first thing that you have to do just to put on you the mask on yourself and then to your kids. Because if you're not saved, you cannot save others. So if you have a kid that one of your kids child uh, is going in a different path, first of all, think about yourself. I mean uh who you are, what do you want for him, what bothers you uh, what do you want how you you think you can convince? Them to do to act uh, like A or B. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to we need to think about and not to also not to be guilty with ourselves, not to not not to fill ourselves with guilt, You know, Ashma. A I mean, yeah. it's not the right way how we can deal with those issues.
1: And Rabbi Baumbach, can I ask you about that specifically? You're speaking about the very difficult feelings that parents go through when their child does not follow in the ways they'd hope they'd follow. So, okay, guilt perhaps is a negative emotion here, but what do you recommend the parents think? How should they try to feel? Obviously, we're limited in how we can control our emotions, but to the degree they can orient themselves in a certain direction, what is that direction to you? So I think, first of all, we need to be uh, humble. I mean,
0: to understand that not the success stories, not the success child, and rather also the, let's say, yeah, the kids who are not going in your path. Nothing of them is because of you. Don't take yourself so uh, uh, so serious. I mean, I know some great rabbis who had kids who, who choose different ways, and this doesn't ma- that doesn't mean that the the, the it was a, a terrible parent. Abba, Abba Loto. Right. Doesn't
1: mean they were failures as a parent.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is thousands of reasons why kids act different. It's sometimes self-esteem. Since it's a hormone, you know, the, uh, there are some kids who have the sort of serotonin. I do not say, how do you say it in English? But it's a hormone that don't give the, the right amount of hormone that kids need. And this makes them crazy. A hormone, right. Also the gap, yeah, there's also a, sometimes it's a gap between your body become a big body and your motion is still like a kid. There's some thousands of reasons why kids act different. So we don't need to take it uh, as, as our fault. This is very, very important. Yes, the only thing that you need to do is just respect your child. That's if he's younger than you, they don't mean, it's a personality. And this is, the, we need to respect them and not to demand they should act like, exact like us. And respect means, it doesn't mean that you don't need to put some borders. Actually, you cannot educate kids with no borders, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to come with full respect, not as a tactic, respect as a strategy. Just to come from full respect, authentic respect internal them. respect. No one, yeah, I mean, no one of them act because they hate someone or just want to fight with you. There is some reasons it's out of our responsibility or possibility. Mm-hmm. So once parents understand it it's much more easy for them to get the kids to love them and to give them a warm hug and to just say, I understand something. You think different, you feel different, but you should know I'm with you. I'm with you and I love you, whatever you're going to do. And those acceptance raise the self-image. Those acceptance gives them a feeling, wow, someone understand me. Because the first reaction of parents is just to reject the kids. No, if you're not okay, you should know you cannot get one, two, three, four. And this is, makes the opposite. This, this is just reject them and gives them a feeling, uh, no one understands me. And then they try to get the love from someone different. And someone different is not always, you have no control about those kinds of loves.
1: I certainly agree when you said, you mentioned your article as well, that love conquers all. That has to be the essential point here. I do know that people often make a distinction between accepting what your child does and approving of what your child does. And obviously, if a child is doing something you don't approve of, you can't pretend to approve of it. You can accept it without approving. How do you strike that balance between acceptance and approval?
0: That's a very nice question. Yeah. There is no one way to close those gaps. But but I it's very really, it's very really okay to say for kids, you know, I believe in something different. I don't believe I think what you're doing sometimes it's not the right way, but I respect you. And I understand it's something maybe now you you don't understand or maybe something that you feel it's different. But you should know, I love you with no condition. But I think that this is not the right way. I think kids want to listen to their parents. When you get them, you love them, and you not reject them. They understand, they listen. even if they, they don't show you that, that, they listen to you. But usually our kids are listening to us. Mm-hmm. You know, because in those ages, kid, kids want to be much more independent. They want to have their own voice. They want to create their own identity, and uh, we need to understand them. That's why I'm saying, just understand them. But you don't need to approve. Any Anybody, I used to say, Anishomea, uh, I listen to you. I listen to you. I understand, but I not hear always you. agree. Right. I hear you, but I don't need to agree. We different people. We have a different perspective in life, and it's okay. It's also a way to deliver that love doesn't mean that I agree with you 100% all your choices, about all your
1: choice, but you choose. I see. What does one do for the other kids in the family who are following the parent's way, but they look at a child who is not and say, ooh, why is my brother or sister allowed to do this? And you're telling me that I shouldn't do this. I think if, first of all, we need to emphasize the fact that
0: families are not, they have no discussions, do not speak with the kids openly, this is one of our ways to, to lose our kids because not speaking doesn't mean, you know, this is the, how do you say the batiana? Effecta batiana. They put their eyes. An ostrich putting its head in the sand. I recommend parents just speak openly with your kids, with you art and listen to them, to their pain, to their hesitation, to their questions, just openly. And I think a normal kid every regular kid that you understand, give them understanding, you know, I can share with you, she chose a different way. She has her own issues. Uh, it doesn't mean, the uh, opposite is a true. You can inspire them. I think to speak up and give give the uh, confidence for the kids. Mm-hmm. And, and usually, I'm telling you, usually kids are not so fast influenced from kids who are you know, going to the other way. But mm-hmm. there is also some spiritual answers. This is about very tactic. I want to tell you, I heard a story. There is a guy, very uh, big, huge Talmud Chacham. He lives in New York. And he's very, a great tzaddik. He's a uh, righteous uh, righteous person. And he has five boys and all of them dropped out. But he's so give them love. All of those five kids dropped out. And you can understand his pain his frustration. And he came to one of the rabbi in Lakewood is, I think his name is Reuven. And he asked him, Rabbi, just give me explanation. I, uh, you know, I am just, I'm very good example. I try to be a good example for my kids. And I'm sitting and studying Torah. I love them. I never scream on him. I not demand, I don't, uh, I do you know, I, I'm very good with them. And all of them just dropped out. And this is just much pain. And then he said, not an easy answer, but I think it's interesting. It's a very spiritual answer. And he said, if I would be God, I would give you more two souls. Because not everyone has the privilege to get those kinds of kids. If God gave you five, that's he really believes that you know how to deal with with their choices. And you should be very proud. It's very, it's not easy, but
1: that's hard to internalize.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. But I think in some ways, people who love God, they should know this is kids of God. And you have no choice to to, uh, reject them or to make you comfortable because you want... It's very selfish sometimes. You want your kids should go with the same way, the same path. It's very selfish. Mm -hmm. You understand there is different souls, different missions, and do the best to what you can just to give good examples for your kin to be, you know, but by the end, it's not you. It's not about you.
1: A close friend of mine once told me not that long ago that Melech HaMashiach comes out of the King Menashe, who was one of the biggest Rishayim, at least for most of his life, in the history of Am Yisrael. And he was trying to say that... We don't know the cheshbonot, the calculations of the ribon ha'sha'olam. Maybe it's important that Mashiach has an ancestor who was not on the derech. Now, Menashe wasn't just on the derech, he was a rasha. But there can be people who are good people, and who, we don't know why Hashem is choosing it. And there are many, many years left in the history of the world who knows where it's going to lead. Perhaps that can be a source of chizuk as well. I want to ask you about the concept of kiruv what I mean by that is that you're describing, I think, very, very accurately how important it is to say your decisions are your own decisions and not to play games with your child and to have open communication. At the same time, I think it's probably likely that a parent hopes that his child or her child will return to Torah observance. So is there a place to try to convince them to do more mitzvot or come back, however you want to term it? Or is that counterproductive?
0: You know, there is a differentiation
1: between pluralism
0: and tolerance. Pluralism said that I know there is many, many truths, and there is many truths in life, and you can choose which kind of truth you you want. And tolerance is to say, I'm suffering from something, but uh, because that's the right thing to live with people, so I'm tolerance, uh, your choices. So, as a Orthodox Jews, we cannot be a pluralist. I, can, you can be a pluralist inside the Orthodox borders. I can be a pluralist and say, "Oh, Chabad, it's it's true, and that is a good way out to serve God." Sons, Hasidite sons, or Belts, or Lithuanian, they, it's truth. It's just they have different. Uh, um, they emphasize different. They have different focus. But they're still inside our tent. It's uh, yeah. To say truths about things, uh, this does not mean orthodox. Mm -hmm. So what I use to be tolerance, you know, to understand that not everything you understand, and to respect people, and even you suffer just to say it's a way that people that's the right way how you connect people. Let's say let's be honest. Uh, When when we are coming back each year, Yom Kippur. And we're asking God, please forgive me again. And you know, next year you will come with your new sins. And, and actually God gives you a, a, a you know, you, you become, a, become a Kippur, Yom Kippur, Kishboshu, gives forever, everyone is So let's be with our kids the same. If they do something different, get them, love them and understand them and don't judge them. Because also this is very, very important you don't need to say something judgmental, The eye, your eyes your body language deliver judgmental and, and this is very very bad for a relationship and if you want they should one day come back so uh, don't be judgmental because when they feel really you love them and you have them and you have good relationship maybe one day you know, I will tell you something different you know the paradigm for Maslow, Ibrahim Maslow. So Ibram Maslow, he said that in the, uh, you know, in the edge of the paradigm, it's a self-fulfillment. People want to feel that they fulfill themselves.
1: That's the ultimate goal of uh, the pyramid, the very top, in other words. Yeah, the top of the pyramid.
0: But in the bottom, people want oxygen. They want to they feel safe. They want, you know, to be uh, elf. The basic things, you cannot speak with your child about fulfillment if you don't uh, make sure they have the basic needs. So about the safeness, about the the love, it's the very, the first stages. And then once you give them the the feeling of safety, the feeling of, of together, the relationship, then you can go up. To, to the belonging uh, questions, identity questions, and the for, to fulfillment questions. So this is very important. Also in education, I, you know, I, Boch Hashem, I, I have a school many years for working in education. And I used to say, if there is any issue with one of our Talmudim, before you speak about God issues, just make sure that everything is good with himself. Ask him if, if he has, if his friends in the dormitory is is okay in the same room is okay if any issues with his friends. Mm-hmm. This is our mission. But and then, uh, automatically, the next stage
1: is coming uh, afterward. It becomes yeah. clarified after that fact. I think what you're yeah. saying, Rabbi Beaumont, is so important, this idea that it can't be lip service. It can't just be that I say that I love you, but in my eyes, they're seeing a different message because that's probably worse than anything because they don't believe you anymore. You have to authentically be able to align what you think and what you say to say, no, I really do accept my child, even if that can be a very difficult process. I really do understand that, the idea of not playing games here. You mentioned something just now about what goes on in the dormitory. Earlier, you also said there are different reasons why a person will go, again, using the term off the derech. How does a person, whether a parent or an educator or anybody else, distinguish between someone who simply chooses a different path versus a time when there's actually something much deeper going on maybe there is a deeper psychological problem. I'm not saying that people go off the derech because of psychological problems, but sometimes that can be a manifestation of a deeper issue the parents or others have to look into. You know,
0: I want to say something that, you know, when someone go, is, is dropping out from the community, so the Haredi said, ah, it's a psychology issue. And his secular friends are going to say it's a philosophy issue. Ah, now we got to the truth. But it's the same thing, the opposite. When someone becomes what the Haredi said, it's a philosophy <laughs> issue. Ah, got to the truth. <laughs> but in, in his friends, the Hilanah, never. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, you know, we use different tools for different
1: reasons. So we'd be, we're supposed to be honest ourselves. I hear that. One of the most difficult issues that you mentioned in your article is the social aspect of it, and you have a very troubling line there. You mentioned a mother as saying, I'm quoting, I'm hurt that my son no longer puts on tefillin, but at least he could wear a suit and a hat. And that's such an upsetting and disturbing way of thinking that what matters more to them than shmirat Mitzvot is that they look like they're Shomrei Mitzvot. How does a person go beyond the level of appearances and really deal with substantive issues? I would tell you why it why, why, why
0: brings me to publish this uh, post in Facebook. Uh, because recently I got some, I uh, had yeah, from some, uh, some stories inside Bitalit that parents are terrible with their kids to reject them. And it was also a story about suicide. Uh, terrible. P- people don't know what to do. And, and when you ask them, I, I, I just met some of the parents and I asked them, what bothers you? What, tell me, no one is, no, no one is with us. Now. Just tell me what really bothers you. So you know what, what the, the father said, Shidduchim. so he is not to worry about uh, his faith, just about what people is going to say, and this is ra'achola. it's mm-hmm. such a terrible thing because you don't feel, you don't have pain because your kid is losing connection with God. You have pain of your kid is losing connection with the community. And this is a terrible message for the kids themselves. How the kids will ever think about God if they feel the real pain is not just about God. It's not about keeping Shabbat. It's just about what my neighbors is going to say. And this is such a terrible thing. And I think in our community, because it's a very conservative community, so the the value of my giddu is so so strong. And what will the neighbor say? I want to tell you something. I, I have my I have my own Shiva. So one of the parents said, I want to take out because it's the end of the of the end of the of the Shiva. I mean, so I want to take him out to regulate Shiva. So I asked him why. So I said, Shiduchim. So I said, you know, you are Haredi, I'm a Jew a uh, Jew li- loves God. Why? Because God said that before he was created, he, co- he already decided who is gonna be is ne- is the Kale. Yeah, is is uh, uh, who the person uh, is gonna marry. Yeah, he's gonna marry. And you don't believe because you wanna you want to take control on your life. So you understand you're much more ready than an Orthodox Jew. We I mean, also we I have very empathy because of those people because I know it's we know that it's how do you say it in English? It's a storia. It's historic issue, historic but, circumstances. You know, yes, circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people. You know, after the second, the, the second war, world. So we need just what we try to do to hire our um, the walls, the walls build to up the ghetto walls so, and protect
1: ourselves. Yeah, to
0: protect ourselves from the western. And it was maybe a very great idea in those days but now it's impossible to live in a world with those walls because you can see the Mea sharim and have exposure to all, to the, all, to, to, to Chinese and, you know, to all kinds of cultures and music and everything. You cannot control people anymore with walls.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think the way we, we need to think is different, but for people themselves, it's very hard to release themselves from those culture, from, from, right. from those beliefs or way, way our people believe. And it's very sad. It's very sad because, you know, I used to say in our community, we some, it's a very great community. I love my community. And if you want to do something or influence or change, you just come need to come with loyalty and love. Otherwise, you cannot really influence your community. So this reason why I published this post, because I understood that this is a a, a voice that needs to be heard. More and more people deal and struggle. They just need to, and I asked my daughter, I asked her, it's okay that we were going to do something to inspire people? Because you see your friends or so many people, you know, there is maybe 2000 kids each year dropping out of the community. And you know how much of them have no a, lay, uh, a bed to lay down their head at night. It's so sad. I mean, they're kicked out of so their sad. homes. Yeah, people, they said, you, you're going to destroy my own I don't want to see you. If you're a daughter, you go with not uh, modesty. So people is going to see that I'm a felcher. I mean, that is way. And, and I want to tell you, I get hundreds hundreds of emails and WhatsApp and, and also from, from abroad, I mean, from America, from England, from so many parents, they, they, they said, oh, it's the first time you're Haredi and you give another voice voice, and, and, and you're proud with your daughter, even she choose different. And I want to take advice from you. I think we made, it's very blessed. Now I, I was blessed that I had the, the inspiration just to get to, to, get, to, to write it publicly. Because it's unbelievable how much suffer. I just last night I spoke with a woman. She lives in uh, Belgium. 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 Wow. In the hour of the phone, how oh, she suffered with the other with issue, and and she didn't think about the basic needs. I mean, what she need to do, how to need to, how to need to need. She need to respond. And about the relationship between Ian and her husband, and about she has no connection with not a Jewish girl, and she she, she could take care at home
1: or not. So many questions. People want to to know how they deal with this issue. So what you're doing is so important, really. It was extremely courageous. What you just said about the appearances issue, how people look at our kids. This is, I mean, you live in Beitari Elite. I live in Rampei Shamesh. I don't know what it's like in Beitar, but certainly here, one issue we have in many schools is that the schools themselves, elementary schools and high schools, look at the appearances. And I don't just mean things like snute. I mean, schools will say, well, your child is a wonderful kid, perfect, you know, exactly what we're looking for, but his sister or brother or her sister or brother is not religious enough, and therefore, your other kids can't come to our school. We see this every single day, and it's, in my opinion, a terrible, terrible thing, and you're implying the same thing. What do we do about this? It seems to be so endemic, so entrenched in this educational philosophy, so to speak, that if every kid in your family isn't exactly the way we want them to be, then none of your kids can come to our school. How do we stop this?
0: First of all, it comes from the, the, the way that we think we need to paternalize people. In the Haredi community, mainly, you control your community via the, the education system so you you give incentive negative incentives for people who are not follow the rules and when my my daughter she now she dropped out when she came to, to uh, the first class in Betar Lit, we they didn't took her. you know why because my wife she drives a car and they said if she drives a car in you city so that's mean you're not the right way and she seated on two months You know they put the seeds to aid the system, okay? And then you're wondering why people think different. So what you are asking, it's really tough questions because one side we cannot paternalize and it's very judgmental, and it's like to to it's a decision to educate mevugarim matures. But in the other way, I want to say something because people are very worried about the future of their kids. And because now those schools is like elitist schools. I mean, if you wanna make sure that you have the right school, people are looking for quality. So we understood why people are trying to choose or to control. It's not about the parents, sometimes about to make very quality school. So we need to find a balance, we need to find a way from one way not to be judgmental, not to, not to educate parents, it's not the school for and control, it's need to come pure with the right reason why to take a kid to accept the child and not. Mm-hmm. And we have, I have many schools, I have uh, more than 11 schools. And this is what we try to do. But I have to admit, sometimes we also fail in those. Because, you know, if you accept everyone, you not considered, then you stay with 10 kids. Mm-hmm. It's very tough issue. It's very problematic issue, I'm sp- supposed to admit. But we need to be honest with ourselves, not to paternalize, not to control. It should come with very, very a,
1: a pure interests. I see. What about the truth behind some of the concerns? What would you say to a parent who says, I accept, let's say, for example, another family, a neighbor's family, a good friend's family has children who are no longer religious, who are living at home. And that neighbor says, this is a wonderful family. I don't judge them and their kids are wonderful, but I don't want my kid playing over there because I don't want them to see what they're doing. I don't want them to have that influence on them. Now, on the one hand, that's not really accepting. On the other hand, I might say that's fine, but I'm not going to take a chance with my kid's religiosity. What would you say to that? Uh,
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Parents think they can control their kids. It's a new generation. They, if they want something, they have the ways out to get. It's, oh, you know that You know about them or you don't know. This is also, again, we need, it's about relationship and I'm not speak, speaking openly with the kids. Let's say I can speak with my kid and say, I understand that you want to be a friend with them. You understand the circumstances. What's the meaningful of to being a friend with the people who are, and maybe it's okay. And maybe sometimes it's fine. If you believe that she, the other kid can influence your kid, why you don't believe that your kid can influence the other kid. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's not always black and white. We need to speak openly and to say, no, it's, I think 90% they're going to fail. And then what they make sure that your kids is not going to share with you their relationship or their, Uh, secrets.
1: Uh Uh-huh. All right, Bambach, there's one thing in your article which I didn't understand what you meant. I was hoping you could explain it. You wrote that technology is not the reason that our kids are leaving religion. And you just said to me a few moments ago that in Meisharim, there are no more walls. It doesn't make a difference where you are, presumably, at least in large part, because of technology, everybody has access to everything. So I'm not quite sure how to reconcile those two ideas. Is technology the problem or is technology not the problem? It's a part of the problem. I think it's not a problem, but it's just, you know,
0: the Cheta Egel, Cheta Egel, how do you say the Cheta Egel? The golden calf. The golden calf. It's not because of technology. Yeah. There are so many scenes within Arm Israel. Not everything is, it's very easy to put everything technology. Technology It's crazy. It's thousands of reasons. I know so many people who have access to full internet and they're really, really good for people. And I, and I know also young kids. I know, I know some kids. That that they have access to the internet and the mamish mitpalelim Yeah, that I would pray with that, like them. Once you put all your effort in technology, that's mean you take away responsibility for people. I think kids need to feel responsibility. You trust them. Trust is, you know, how do you say? People say trust is the new currency. If you don't trust people. You don't, so you, you deliver them a message. I need to control you. And people, you think it's just an illusion. You cannot control people, cannot control your kids. Just be, that purports your, proportions in your life. So I, th- I think that, yeah, we need to protect us, our kids from dangers. And once you can uh, have a kosher internet, it's very great. And I encourage people. Uh, to have uh, uh, to protect the kids from access because the internet is very good place but it's also very very dangerous so for sure technology is not easy and also not to compare or to compete with the internet mm-hmm. uh, technology is not easy because it's much more you know uh, it's engaging uh, it's very difficult to yeah, it, it's it's very but, but we need much more to put effort I know you, there is a rabbi his name is um, he has, he has very nice school in Rochel in Tel Aviv uh, Dudi Perl, his name is Dudi a very f- a famous man I, I I met him once and he, he has 250 students in his school and uh, all of them lives in very liberal school kids who lives in Tel Aviv and asked him they do, do have access to the internet they have a cell phone and he says for sure so I asked him how do you educate the kids here how you can influence them and then he said he was very honest and I said, uh, I used to say to the kids, of Abraham, 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 he had just 10 tests and you, God trusts you much more. He gives you thousands of tests each day. So that's, that's mean that God loves you, believe in you. And he said there is more than seven or eight kids. They asked for themselves to make a, a filter in the internet. So he said, those eight kids that as but themselves the filter, it's much more than anything if you force kids to put, it because it comes from their understanding, um, they, ch- they choose to, to, to do it. So yeah, yeah it's, it sounds very romantic, but I think the new generation beside the borders that, um, and, and th- that you have to give, it's much more about love, accepting and giving light and encourage them, and to 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 trust them, and even they have some failures. Say, okay, you're you're not an angel, you're just a ben adam, mm-hmm. and it's okay. It's very Hasidic. That's why I love the Hasidic way. It's not crazy. Oh, no, we need to put the Ganon aside, and, and just to bring the Ganeden inside, because people think, ah, if God punish me. I lose my my in my journey. I lose the, the option to get. So we need to give much more a very a positive experience in, in in mitzvot in Torah, and to love. And then we need to hope that good things will
1: happen. You know, a good friend of mine, Rabbi Judah Michel, was on this podcast right before Yom Kippur. Um, I don't remember who he was quoting, but he said that people look at this idea that the seeing eye, that God is always looking at everything you do. And they say, oh my gosh, that's terrible. He goes, maybe he's looking at the good stuff. and <laughs> Maybe that's the attitude we need to have. Maybe that, that Ein Roah is looking at the good things you're doing. And that's the emphasis. Before we go, yeah. Robert Baumbach, do you have any final word of encouragement or chizuk for people dealing with the issue of a child who has left religiosity?
0: Mm, wow. I want to say that uh, we are free in a special generation. Maybe we can say the last generation before Mashiach is going to come. If we want to have a good treatment from the Bohu, we need to give for East kids, also the same. Um, we, we're supposed to be much more humbled, and we need to understand that not everything is under our control. And spreading love brings good things for the world. That's why. That's what I can say,
1: Rabbi Bombach. This has been very inspiring, and I really hope I'll be able to have you back on the podcast to speak about other issues because I really enjoyed this today. Next time,
0: next time, let's speak in Hebrew because my English is is really hard. I, I, you know, I you, missed maybe some words. <laughs> I, you know what?
1: I think my listeners and I all will appreciate that you did fantastic. Thank you very, very much for joining me today. I appreciate no, you know, it.
0: until the age until the age of twenty, I didn't speak not
1: Hebrew and not English. <laughs> so you understand, it's well in any language. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining me today. Subscribe to The Orthodox Conundrum on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please visit JewishCoffeehouse.com for other episodes of The Orthodox Conundrum, as well as many other great podcasts, including Intimate Judaism, The Maimonides Minute, Chochmat Nashim, The Francisca Show, and Let My People Eat. I'd appreciate it if you go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Orthodox Conundrum. It takes literally two minutes. It's just giving a certain number of stars and writing one or two sentences